Getting to Know You, A Good Omens Multivoice Podfic, written by Danny Chase, Holy Cats and Rabbits, and voiced by Literarian as Aziraphale, Sky Asimaru as Crowley, and Jab as Narrator. Chapter 1 At 3 a.m., Anthony Crowley a bartender just off his shift was interrupted in his half-awake perusal of a Golden Girls episode by a knock on the door of his flat. Crowley dragged himself up off the couch and opened the door to find his attractive blonde neighbor, with the weird name, standing in the hall in a pair of brown tartan pajamas. Hello, the man said. Could I ask you a question? Crowley would have shut the door in his face, honestly, if the man wasn't so ridiculously hot, even in pajamas, with his blonde curls mast. Especially in pajamas with his curls mast. Crowley didn't know his neighbor well, just to say hi in the hallway, and not even by his actual name, because it was some strange name Crowley hadn't properly caught the first time. But, like a miracle, here he was at the door of Crowley's flat in the middle of the night, probably needing to ask if the heat was out, or if Crowley could spare some common household good like a screwdriver or a flashlight. Sure, Crowley said. The man smiled at him. I don't suppose that you are ever, occasionally, a giant snake? The man looked at Crowley expectantly during the time that it took Crowley to process that sentence. Not that processing helped. Am I a snake? A large black snake with a red belly? I've seen it up and down the halls a bit, and occasionally going through your window from the lawn outside. It's very pretty. It's pretty? The man's cheeks colored lightly, which was a distractingly lovely effect. Oh, I don't mean to offend. It's quite intimidating, actually. That's why I ask. I'm in a bit of a spot. A spot? The man shifted in his fluffy white slippers. Yes, I may have um, made some questionable financial decisions recently, and there are some parties who are not pleased with me. <laughs> what did you do? Rob a bank? No, no, not a bank. Don't be ridiculous. Robbing a bank the man said, with a dismissive wave of his hand. It was the mob. You stole from the mob? Why the fuck? Well, I didn't keep it. I gave it away. Went to the homeless children's fund, and that's sort of an issue now, because I can't return it. So they're looking for me. Right now? Yes, I believe they're in my flat. And you want me to... The man looked fretful. Well, I don't know if it has to be a full moon or not for you to transform. That's werewolves. And anyway, it's not binding. It's just their aesthetic. Oh, 
The man smiled, and it was like the whole hallway lit up with sunshine. Good to know. Um, so are there seasonal constraints on weir snakes? Weir serpents? I don't know which term you prefer. Why do you think I'm a snake? Because I've never seen you and your frankly biologically impossibly large pet snake at the same time. Not to mention, the snake's never around when the landlord comes to investigate whether or not you have a snake, not that I've ever called him about it, mind you. But anyway, I have no idea where you could hide something of that size. And you immediately jump to the conclusion that therefore I'm the snake. The man looked a bit apologetic. Well... You also seem to share a personality. A personality? You know, grumpy, but sort of suave. Suave? A sudden clattering noise from the blond man's flat across the hall made them both jump. Crowley put a hand on the man's shoulder, feeling the heat of his body through the soft tartan pajamas. Uh, yeah, come on, Crowley said, ushering him into the flat. The man looked around at Crowley's decor, spartan, dark, with interest. He did not fit into the vibe at all, looking almost like a little brown mouse caught out on the bare kitchen floor. Remind me of your name, Crowley said, if only to establish in his mind that his neighbor was a person and not something that a snake might want to catch and eat. Aziraphale, said the man, not looking the least put out that Crowley hadn't remembered. He was probably used to it. It's the name of an obscure angel. No idea what my parents were thinking. But then Aziraphale smiled at Crowley again and Crowley started to wonder if maybe Aziraphale's parents hadn't been that far off. So, I was hoping that perhaps you could, um, slither over and chase off the interlopers. He made a little wiggling motion with his hand as he spoke. Can you talk while you're a snake? That might be even more frightening, and of course, more direct. Crowley frowned at him. It doesn't bother you? The idea that your neighbour might be a snake? Well, we all have our little quirks. Quirks? <laughs> Name one of yours. I steal from the mob. Crowley tilted his head in concession. Point taken. Although normally I prefer cyber theft. Aziraphale went on peering up at a Da Vinci reproduction on the wall. All for a good cause, of course. Right, well, <clears throat> I'm going to, uh, yeah. It took about a minute to transform into a snake. First Crowley's feet changed, and then his legs, and so on, melting together into a long black body with a red underbelly. Crowley's face was the last to go, changing from human to serpentine, 
complete with forked tongue and sharp fangs. Altogether, he was nearly twelve feet long and thicker around the middle than a human being. Aziraphale watched the whole thing with a look of awe on his face. My goodness, he said when Crowley was finished. Aren't you beautiful? What species are you, if I may ask? Crowley was glad that snakes couldn't blush. I'm kind of my own species. Oh, you can talk! How delightful! Well, shall we? Aziraphale trailed behind Crowley as they crossed the hall into Aziraphale's flat, reaching over the snake's head to open the door. There were three men sitting on chairs in Aziraphale's living room, apparently waiting for him. Aziraphale must have somehow slipped out of his bedroom before they realized he was in there. He was quite a clever man, Crowley thought, for someone stupid enough to steal from the mob. The three men did not appear to be interested in meeting a giant snake instead of their quarry. They expressed this sentiment in a variety of ways, from screaming to throwing books. How many books could one flat hold? To hiding behind furniture, to trying to get out of the windows. When one of them thought to use his gun, Crowley quickly moved away from the front door and lunged at the man until he thought to use the open escape route instead of firing. Aziraphale seemed to find the whole thing utterly delightful. He giggled at the man's antics, and when the apartment was empty except for himself and his serpentine neighbor, he broke into applause. Crowley had never before met anyone who appreciated his being an occasional snake, who was not also themselves an occasional snake. Or wolf. But Aziraphale was neither. Apparently just a human who was extremely fond of giant snakes. Hell, Crowley had met other giant snakes who weren't this fond of giant snakes. All that admiration was having a bit of an effect on Crowley. When he transformed back into human shape, that shape was fully aroused. And Aziraphale, so intent on watching the transformation, did not miss that detail. In fact, he responded to it by becoming visibly aroused himself. How? Aziraphale sat breathily, looking crowly over, a little brown mouse hungry for a snack. Um, can I ask you another question? Crowley walked forward until he'd pinned Aziraphale against the wall of his flat amidst fallen books and an overturned chair. Angel, you can ask me all the questions you want. Chapter 2 Aziraphale was a baker by trade, and he worked at a local shop. 
Crowley learned this in between deep, desperate kisses, because Zirafil apparently thought that a bit more introduction was necessary before he fucked his neighbor. Fucking a man who was a giant snake was fine, but frantically stripping the clothes from a near stranger stretched the bounds of politeness. So, while the clothes were being stripped, Crony learned everything that Aziraphale considered pertinent. That she was an only child, did not own a TV, and was terribly allergic to grass pollen. Aziraphale already knew Crony was a bartender and a giant snake, but he was sure to ask about his preferences in American literature. Those essential facts out of the way, Aziraphale was very amenable to being fucked by his neighbor, even if, especially if, as it turned out, said neighbor's snaky nature expressed itself in having two cocks. Oh, that's marvelous, Aziraphale said when Crowley was naked. Crowley had not actually planned to be naked by this point, but he'd gotten distracted somewhere between grass pollen and Aziraphale's tongue flicking over his nipples, and then he was naked before he had a chance to give the Hi, before I get naked speech. The speech was supposed to be full of gentle, patient, nervous, explanations about serpentine and where serpentine biology, and end up with... And that's why I have two corks. Crowley had never actually given this speech, mind you, because he'd never had sex with anyone who wasn't also aware something. So it really was a relief to find that the speech was not necessary. And besides, Aziraphale was also naked, and Crowley would rather have focused on that anyway. Aziraphale without his brown tartan pajamas still looked an awfully lot like a plump little mouse, just of a paler collar. Crowley tried very hard to tell himself that such an observation had nothing to do with why Crowley was so attracted to the man. Nevertheless, Crowley did sort of lunge at Aziraphale, pinning him back up against the wall. Aziraphale wiggled a little, and Crowley instinctively pressed harder. Oh, interesting. Interesting? Crowley asked with a bit of a squeak not entirely sure he wanted Aziraphale to also arrive at the whole mouse-snake thing. I feel almost like a mouse, trapped by a snake. He shivered a little, and Crowley could not help but squeeze him more tightly. The human part of Crowley managed to say, You don't mind? As long as you mean to fuck me rather than eat me, then no, not at all. <laughs> Just eat. Won't have to eat again for a month. And, uh... Crowley added, as somewhat of an afterthought, 
I don't eat people. Splendid. Would you like me to struggle some more? Oh, if you do, Angel, you're going to get more than you bargained for. Aziraphale got a slow, self-indulgent smile on his face. And then he pushed at Crowley's embrace, struggling in a very ineffectual way, wiggling his arms and legs while his back stayed against the wall. But Crowley could not help but react as if this prize that he wanted so very much was about to escape. His lower half transformed without Crowley consciously doing it, melding into a long, thick tail, which wound itself tightly around each of Aziraphale's legs, and then up over his torso as well. Aziraphale was immobilized, his pale body striped with snag. He looked thrilled. Do you really want it like this? Crowley asked, groaning with arousal. His upper body had remained human, and he couldn't help but press kisses against the Xerophil's throat, lingering over his rapid parts. Exactly like this. <laughs> you are kinky bastard. I've never been so glad of that. His arms were still free, and he pulled Crowley into a passionate kiss. Their cocks were both, all, finding friction like this, and Aziraphale was moaning as their tongues tangled together. Ugh, ain't got to get you ready. Crowley's body slithered down Aziraphale a bit, causing him to cry out with pleasure. That left the tip of Crowley's tail free, and as he used his grip to pull Aziraphale's legs apart, he eased his tail into Aziraphale's cleft. Oh, fuck. There's oil. Kitchen. The living room opened up into the kitchen, as it did in Crowley's flat, and Crowley was a long enough snake that he was able to stretch far enough to find a bottle of olive oil in a cupboard while leaving a zero field still pinned against the wall. Crowley doused his tail in oil and pressed up into a zero field, breaching him slowly, easing in and out gently as a zero field got used to the stretch. His snaky nature had become complacent now that Aziraphale was no longer wiggling, and he took the time to taste and caress his prey. Crowley nipped over Aziraphale's pulse point and traced his scales against Aziraphale's nipples in a slow slide. Aziraphale, meanwhile, had rested his head back against the wall, and his breath came in pants, as Crowley slowly fucked him on his tail. Crowley slid a hand down to grasp Aziraphale's thick cock, stroking him gently with the aid of all the precum Aziraphale was licking. Oh, please. I want you to fuck me. Hmm. I'm playing with my pry. 
That's cats. Aziraphale objected, and whether or not snakes also enjoyed playing with their prey became a moot point, because Aziraphale started wiggling again, and that ended up with Crowley pulling him forward this time into an embrace. Crowley's tail slipped free, and now one of Crowley's cocks was in the right position for Crowley to slide it into Aziraphale in one slow push. Oh, yes, Aziraphale moaned as Crowley rocked up into him. His other cock slid against the front of Aziraphale's body, where Aziraphale's prick was standing erect amid Crowley's scales. The feeling was incredible, and Crowley's thrusting quickly picked up speed. He wrapped his arms around Aziraphale, holding him tight against his chest. His human arms weren't strong enough to bind Aziraphale, but he wasn't struggling now. Aziraphale tucked in his arms and let himself be held immobile as Crowley fucked him. When Aziraphale came, he smothered his ecstatic moan against Crowley's throat. Crowley came right after, shooting off with both of his cocks at almost the same time. Eventually, his movement slowed, and he slumped to the floor with Aziraphale still held in his arms and tail, although he loosened his grip a bit. Aziraphale was not going anywhere, however. He pillowed his head on Crowley's chest. That was marvellous. You know, I really am so glad that I decided to steal from the mob. Before Crowley could respond to that, not that he had any idea how to respond to that, Aziraphale said, Oh, that reminds me. He propped his head up so that he could look into Crowley's eyes. I noticed the other day that you got drenched in the rain, so I bought you an umbrella. It's around here somewhere. That was my plan to meet you, until the mob was so helpful. I wasn't terribly sure how the umbrella thing was going to broach the subject of snakes, though, so I was planning to ask you, as a supposed snake owner, for any snake-related charities that I might want to donate to. Anyhow, seeing that we are past that, I actually did find a new hate group online that I'm dying to steal from. So do you know of any suitable snake non-profits? <laughs> Aren't you scared of anything? Believe it or not, mice. And I saw one the other day in my bathroom. Well, I could probably help you with that. The End